0: Hey everybody, it's Andy Little here from the EM Over Easy podcast. Wanted to introduce this amazing session that Drew and John had with two amazing guests, Ara Supaya and Jeff Comp, that was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the previous ACOAP Scientific Assembly in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, as you're listening to this, know that we do live shows at every ACOAP conference. And if you're interested in seeing us at Spring Seminar in Phoenix, Arizona, head on over to acop.org today to learn about that special event. And how you can be involved in a live ammo over easy show. So, here's the audio of that amazing discussion.
1: We're going to talk about something that's actually really important to really maybe even more difficult recently, which is the difficult consultant. think mean,
2: they're difficult consultants. They're, like, they're, what's hard? Yeah, one? What? Yeah, hard, what i heard of you
1: work at. I think we're actually talking about me. No, yeah, is right. yeah. when the consultants call, and they have to deal with me. But they, I don't know how you all feel, but there's been a little bit of breakdown in just courtesy in society over the past couple of years. I and mean, Everyone's at wit's end. We certainly feel that in the hospital. And now I feel that when I have to talk to other people on the phone. Now, to be fair, and, and to make sure that I'm not lying to any of the audience, is oftentimes my resident is the, uh, the first line of defense for me. Which is great, so I don't have to talk to that many consultants, but when they get really difficult, I'm also the last line of defense for them, and I get the phone when, you know, we're already, like, Defcon 10, right? Like, it we is escalated. Happen. So the only time I talk to consultants, unfortunately, is when they're being difficult or things aren't happening. So to get us in the mood,
2: John has a story for us. The mood. Picture Sicily, 1921. Thanks to all the people that got that. So, I'll give you a, a story. I have many, but I think I'm going to start with this one. So, um, and it is not a resident involved case, actually, interestingly enough. So, no one should be injured in the making. So, I have a patient one day that super cool guy was working, doing stuff. I don't do like instruction, making things, and accidentally fired a Nail into his leg. It, it is a bummer. And and more importantly, it was, you know, it was a powered nail gun. So he comes into the emergency department, and the chief complaint surprisingly is I have a nail in my leg. It's descriptive. Yeah. marks, yeah. And I can't walk. Got it. So that's where we're all at. So just so we're clear, this is the reason the patient is here. So we take an x ray, and sure enough, he did not lie, and there was a nail in his leg. So, how many of your things are like? Easy, peasy, mac and cheesy. Yeah. D- right, like Duh. Pop, Does not, pop it out, John What's get, the problem. couldn't get any easier. right? Because you're all like it's easy, right? So the problem is that the nail didn't go into the bone. It hit it and just kind of curved. Okay. okay, got it. everybody with me now? Yeah. So I'm thinking, great, like, easier to pull out, like, you know, not like an open fracture or anything. Okay, cool. I'm also thinking weird, but you know, whatever. So depends on the nail. Nailed it. So I pick up the phone and I talk to my friendly orthopedic consultant and we have a teaching program and I talk to like a rotating student who's fourth in line for the chair of the department or whatever. Anyway, (laughs) and so this is how it goes. Hey, I've got a guy, he's got a nail, It's in his leg, he can't extend his leg, he can't use his extensor mechanism, he can't walk. Great, like even the med student gets it, right? He's like, cool, be right now. Okay, great, that's what I thought. And then like 45 seconds later, I get a call from the that, hey, I looked at it, my attendee looked at it, it's not in the bone, so it's not our problem. Okay. Well, now here's the thing, right? At our shop, we have this thing there. You, maybe you've experienced it, but it turns out that there's somewhere along the body and the body line where you become a general surgery problem or not. And I always thought it was like somewhere up here, but or like here, but like apparently it's... So anyway, because it wasn't in the bone, you, one could make an argument that a general surgeon could do the same thing, right? So I thought, well, this seems reasonable, not really, but I'm like, I'll buy into this argument, and so I call general surgery who comes and evaluates the patient, and they're like, absolutely, this is clearly And just to be clear, did ortho actually evaluate the patient? They looked at the x-ray. Okay,
1: well, that's an ortho. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Clarity, yeah. Is up up clarity achieved. Yeah.
2: So next step: surgery residents come and evaluate the patient and it's audition time like for those of you don't remember so there's like 60 of them and they evaluate the patient they're all in agreement that this guy has a nail in his leg and he can't walk and he needs to go to the operator to pull it out because drew is not there to do my procedural sedation for me and so there's no way that i can remove this nail so um I, I'm thinking, okay, this is what's now happening, but okay, seems weird, but I can roll with it. And then a few minutes later, I get a call back from the surgeon, surgical resident, who's like, hey, Dr. Casey, we agree, everything's great, but my attending is like, that's an orthopedic problem. And I'm like, okay, so why don't you talk to the orthopedic surgeon, or you two hammer it out. Um, nice, thank you that. <laughs> so, I don't know. If I don't know if it was, oh. I, they didn't get it, but it was funny. So anyway, to accelerate the story, <laughs> Because it didn't in real time, like at all, accelerate. The nail had started rusting, the guy was. Joining It became a thing. Yeah, right? T- I, just really yeah, I didn't it. to see an actual case of that stuff. So they discuss it, and their solution is wait for it. You should send him to the trauma center. Trauma. Because it's trauma. If you were looking for the moment in the story, where the skin peels off my face (laughs) and like a second jaw unhinges and comes out. Like that was the moment. So what I have is in front of me a human being who is seeking help, who's had an accident, like actually what we did emergency medicine for, who can't walk. And he looks at me and says, would I just be better off to go to another hospital where they'll actually care for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that stung just a little bit because I actually care. And he knew that. It wasn't directed at me. It was just his frustration to have 60 people standing in a room all going, oh, yeah, I gotta go to the OR, but don't need anything. And then, like, uh, you know, don't need anything now because you have to go to the transfer. So that was my consultant interaction. And the speed version of the case, I then did all the things that the attendings do, right? You call and you talk to each of the attendings who are both very helpful but not because either one wants the podcast. And then you do what I do in the real world, which is I call someone like 17 rungs up the ladder that I'm really good friends with. And I say, look, this is just wrong. What we're doing is wrong. This is bad medicine. And then they make a phone call and then you have both departments fighting over who's going to care for the patient and give A1 customer service. So um, that is an example of when consultants, nobody meant the wrong thing. Did I mention this was a Friday at 4.30 p.m.? Uh, now no, There we are. Saturday. There we are. Saturday. 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 Right. So we all, though, have had these cases, and this is just a great example. <laughs>
1: Consultant. So Jeff, I'm guessing though that most people in the audience, when we started a conversation about difficult consultants, didn't think this was gonna be the case, mm-hmm. right? Because this actually was a consultant who was multiple consultants.
2: Mm-hmm. They're very pleasant, mm-hmm. attempting to be helpful, though feeling yeah. miserably both had you know, good points. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, like they were like, It's not in the bone, I'll buy a guy also can read the x-ray. Yes, mm-hmm. I know that. But the guy still can't extend his leg. Like you get like there's stuff attached to the bones right? Like muscles, tendons, I feel like the body is a unit. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like my brothers and sisters knew what I was speaking of, but like it didn't get through. It was so weird because I think if they had been looking at the patient, right, like face to face, it would have been much harder to go, well, sir, I understand you have a nail on your leg, but it is 437 on a Friday. So let's talk a little bit about how we deal with various types of difficulty, and maybe even talk
1: a little bit more about what those difficulties are. I mean, this is just frustrating. It's difficult, not because we have an obstructionist or an argumentative consultant. This is just, I mean, they're truly being unhelpful, and they're doing everything they can to be unhelpful in this situation. So tell me, what what else comes to mind when you think about the difficult consultant?
0: I think, Drew, we need to make sure that we're sort of understanding why it's difficult. And I think that's an important thing to have too, because John, like you are saying, there's, there's a challenge and then there's the other side, of it, which is you know, unfortunately some of the experiences that we've all had where we are not the problem, but we have now become the consults problem. And because of something else that's happening, I get it gets taken out of us. And that's unfortunately another type of issue that we have with consults sometimes. And navigating these two different types of interactions are very different. Right? I mean, it takes a, a, high, a high level and high degree of emotional intelligence to be able to say, hey, this is the strategy that we're going to go through for this case and, and not for this one. So when you guys are saying, hey, we want to do a, a discussion on difficult conversations, I'm really glad they're spending time talking about it because there isn't a cookie-cutter way of doing it. You sort of have to be able to, to be
2: nimble as you're identifying what's sort of the reason behind the challenge. John, that sounds like a really, a really hard case. It was. It, I mean, it's almost as challenging as when you have to consult like pediatric urology and stuff or you know, like a very small foldy gap. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you'll have that. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> only one person left to notice
1: it was the best. It was <laughs> the entire hyperthermia talk, but that's okay. Tell <laughs> us.
3: I, I think uh, sometimes they're just difficult, right? They're just difficult. And, you know, I've Working all over the world, there's a group of, like, you can identify, if you're going to speak to a vascular surgeon, it is going to be difficult. (laughs) If you are going to speak to, you know, certain ENT surgeons, it is going to be difficult. A neurosurgeon who's in the OR, who's operating, who's on call, it is going to be difficult, right? So, I mean, you just accept it, like, it's going to be difficult. And... I think part of the thing is <clears throat> don't do what I did for the best part of twenty years, which is to say, Oh man, it's gonna be difficult. He's gonna be a dick. <laughs> and then you've already psyched yourself up to have this difficult conversation and finally someone gets on the board and you're like, I know you're not gonna take this patient, but you know, like you're already, right up. You like, already ranted yeah, up. Yeah, don't rants. Don't do that. Don't do that. In fact I went from there to now I have the HOA approach the whole problem. Oh yeah, I, I totally
1: embrace, and now this is long before Coma Flecken came out with a video where the surgeon comes down to the e already and he's like, I made relations. <laughs> a friend, you are friends. Yeah. Right? I asked about your family. I mean, I, every conversation, hey, it's really ED, how are you doing? Right? And, and sometimes there's engagement because they actually know who I am. So what do you want? But they can't really yell at me because I've started off on a friendly note. They yell at me later. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah. but at least like the ice is breaking a little bit. So, okay, so start off friendly. But then that, that's only a small part of it, right? And to be fair, and maybe to rewind a little bit, I think you made a good point, which could get missed, which is we're bothering somebody else and we don't know what they're doing in that moment. Yeah. Right, right. And we are supposed to. They're on call. Okay, thank you. Right, right. I wanna I wanna put that no, like no no I, yes, no, I like don't I, apologize I, for waking people up in the middle of the night. Not they're not on right? call. They're getting paid yes. to be on call. But I also don't know what they're doing in that moment, right? And I can remember being a resident on the trauma service doing something that I thought was really important and getting the page that you have to go, you know, like being interrupted. Mm -hmm. And so we are disruptive and we have to be mindful of that, but they are also on call and that part of being on call is being disrupted. So when it escalates, when it's difficult, what do we do?
2: Yeah, have you ever been doing a really critical patient and somebody walked in with an EKG? I know. I know you're trying Actually, to do a central assignment. Yeah, yeah. Study, but <laughs> yeah you, like literally, yeah. If you just look yeah. at this. can you just look at this. Wow. Look at the I, I
1: looked I at one of our texts the other day, and he's fine with me talking about this. And it was a super sick patient. And he's just like, like lurking in the corner with a yellow, Our he are all in yellow. And I go, if that is not for this patient, you need to find somebody else now. And he, <laughs> like, he just ran. You're yeah.
2: have <laughs> quicker than, yeah, it was... Yeah. I'll teach you the next level is you can just do it with your eyes. I've mastered that. There's walk away. So it's interesting because we initiate the phone call and we don't know what's going on, which is one of the tips that I have, which is I actually give them an out because I'm going to use it to my advantage later. And unless the patient is quite literally on fire, like I need them now for a very That's specific things. You know, there's fire extinguishers all over the department. That's yeah. a very specific patient. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, where there's smoke. Anyway, so for that particular scenario, actually now what I say is disarming. Thank you for calling me back, you know, especially if I know them. And then what I'll say is I need to Fill in the blank, whatever it is, discuss a patient with you, arrange outpatient follow up, need you to see, need you to send the rep, whatever it is, is now a good time to talk about that. I've added that, that's a new trick I've done. It's I, like a new that. Trick. I like that. And, and so I've given them the option, right? Like, if it's really not, can I call back in 30 minutes? Absolutely, it's fine. Or absolutely not right like sorry that was a fake yeah you don't know <laughs> No, I'm like, like, just relying yeah, to I don't think like you can't yeah. but, but what spurred me to do that is listening to one of our awesome neurologists who's always very kind and helpful who had her kid just screaming in the background like I thought she was feeding him through a wood or I don't know what was happening <laughs> but like the kid is screaming and she's like trying to be helpful but it's like forced helpful like Hi, how can I help you? And I was like, it seems like it's not a good time and this really isn't urgent. Do you just want to call back in a few minutes? And you can just like hear the relaxation. So that's one thing, right? You don't recognize what's going on. So if it's not like you know, that urgent, then okay. Like, you know, give people the out. Because it will come to your advantage later. Oh
1: for sure. You know, it's ironically mentioned that some of the most like, consults I have. Or with interventional cardiology, right? I mean, like, hey, you need to look at the CKG, it's a study. And I have that conversation over text message, right? Yeah. So, it's like, very unopposing to them, and, and it works really well, and I have very few gaps. And of course, if they don't text me back right away, I call them. And yet, you know, like they can respond however they want in that situation, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just don't like human interaction. I think maybe that's what I'm actually
0: going for. If I don't, if, if I don't to I have to talk to people, we should use the bots. Yeah. Just yeah. 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 mm-hmm. go to bots. Yeah. Yeah. John, I, I really like that other saying, I think that the way that I try to approach difficult conversations is to try to not have them in the first place. Right. And what I kind of mean by that, and that's like preparing yourself to be an effective communicator on the phone. I'm going to share the story actually with with John, who who continues to be one of my mentors, but was also one of my attendings as I was training. I had a very specifically, particularly real bad phone consult to our medicine team. I was organized, I didn't bad. know what my question was. I and I remember it very vividly. But I also very, remember very vividly John taking his phone and sliding it over and being like, I, I can tell that you're frustrated about how that went. I recorded your side of the of the conversation. Do you just want to do you just wanna do you, wow. you want to listen to, to it? <laughs> and I was like, No, yeah. no, I know. And, and immediately it was like, well, <laughs> yeah, because you're my attending. So that's what I'm gonna say. But it was incredible. And it was super appalling. Like, to, to hear, like, I would be mad if someone called me and said, hey, I've got a guy, and maybe their potassium's is this, and I think that, uh, you know, they're a Sagittarius, and then also, like, they have some breath sounds that are over here, and I think, so I really took that as a really great jumpstart to, to try to figure out how to have an effective conversation. And since I've worked on communicating, and since I try to teach my residents that, I've had much better interactions. And the way that I say it is I start with, I start with my question and I end with a punchline. I think I got that probably from you, John. So starting up, what do I want? How can this person help me? And then ending with, hey, this is what I'd like to do. What else do you need from me before you come down and see my patient? All right, I mean, you guys are being way too nice. All right,
1: like, let's lean into this a little bit. At some point, somebody yells at you on the phone, okay? Mm. Once. (laughs) Like, stop being, I mean, great, this is very good, I'm happy that we've now talked about how we can be better consultants on the phone to our consultants, and I agree with everything you're saying, but okay, it's escalated, right? They're, getting, they're like me, they're getting agitated on the phone, they're angry. So,
3: so like, I think, if, if you get to that point, right, so like I said, first of all, you should, like get over your frequency biases, but I do think, I learned this from the HOA, because when you have a like a complaint or like something with them, you call them up and say, "Hey, you send me a fine letter for this." And you're like, oh. they are so calm and they say the same thing over. And no matter what you say, they go, "I understand, but that's the rules." <laughs> and you go, "No, no, no! You don't understand." And you go, no, no, no. And go, "I understand, but that's the rules." So what I do now is, if I get someone really difficult, like you have to say, "It's a game, right?" So the game is, who loses the pool first? That, that's the game, that's it, that's it, that's it. So you know you're playing this game and you're like, okay, I can go three days, no problem, go. <laughs> so, so I go, and so I come to HOA and I go, and but I always say this, like if I really want someone's help, right? And you know, it's usually something like an ENT, I back the nose, I cannot control the bleeding, I <laughs> really need you to stop what you're doing in the war and come down, right? Then I'll say, hey, that I really need your help. So now I've already put you yeah. ahead of me, right? while I'm not you saying I need your help. And you see the patient, it's actually the patient who needs your help, but I have to say, like, I need your help.
1: Well, I think that's such an important concept is yes. just being upfront with what you need, right? I mean, yeah. when you're calling about the social admission, right? Yeah. Hey, I need your help with ACE
3: social admission, right? Don't try to sell it. Yeah, I'll yeah. well, just bad. call yeah. it, just say, this is the, dude, this is the worst console. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm gonna dump a picture you. This is you so bad. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you start off and say, listen, this is so bad, don't yell at me, dude. I've tried. Just help me out, please. But
1: just, just to be clear, me. if my resonance start off going like, my
3: presentation's gonna be so bad. just help yeah. 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 no, me out. No no. no, 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 yeah. So, so you get to that point, right? Now, they escalated. And they get irate, or they say whatever, you know, of course, mama, of course. And I go, I understand, but I really need your help. And we keep playing this game. And then we see how finals. goes. And eventually, what I find is they get tired. Yeah. <laughs> and they and I say, listen, I'm happy to wheel the patient to the OR. <laughs> I will take them to your clinic. No problem. Tell me what you need. You I, need. I will
0: do whatever. What you need. I'll put them in the back yes, seat. no, no, no. so I make it
3: until they give up and they go, oh, just fake it
0: to you Yeah,
1: just bring it. Yeah. And just yeah. remember the episode: yeah. difficult consults and my five-year-old. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. Same thing. I understand. You want another cookie? Yeah. yeah.
3: But you're not. I understand. You don't want to pay this fine, but that's the
2: rule. But that's the rule. <laughs> no, that's the wire. So,
3: yeah. The but you don't understand. 100%. I was so cold. I couldn't take the trash out. Too. I couldn't take the garbage bin back. No, yeah. no, matter what you say to the HOA, they go. Yes, <laughs> <don't> I understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Love the fine still stays. And in the end, you're like, ah, oh, all right, it's not worth 200 bucks. It's
2: right. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, the, the yelling thing, so I, I have a, it depends a little bit on the read of the, of the consultant situation, but I have two like go-to, I like scripting, I like knowing ahead of time what's going to come out of my mouth, mental so, me, yeah, mental reversal, yes, indeed, so the first, first one, one is, if it is someone that, well, no one really should be yelling at you, but if it's someone that really shouldn't be yelling at you, then I will generally start off with a, who are you yelling at? And that generally actually makes them stop. No, who? Who who are you yelling at? Like, I know it's not me. So who are you yelling at? Like, bring it down a notch. Like, I know it's your 15th admission, but you know I'm not out working the streets trying to get people to come in here, right? Like, I'm not out there like, come on gates ah. like so so for, that's the, the first thing and then the second one I actually learned from a, a physician that had amazing longevity in emergency medicine um and I just straight up stole it I mean I just st- like straight up stole it. I told him I was stealing it and I've used it many times and someone would call and and this I was a resident he was my attending and I called, and this person was just yelling at me, and, like, I couldn't even, like, get my, like, who are you yelling at, In they just, it was one constant screech, like, on the other end, and my attending was like, it's okay, it's okay, hand me, hand me the phone, hand me the phone. and it was just like this. <laughs> That's really what he was like. I was just like, like still just like screaming. I was like, here you he go. I just sat back. I'm like, I wonder what kind of magic's about to happen here. And just, he just sat there and was like listening and like sipping the coffee and typing. Like, what? And so finally they like had to breathe. Yeah. Um, and they get a breath in. And he goes, Oh dear, you seem to have made yourself very flustered. <laughs> towel or something and call back. Like <laughs> It's okay, or I can just be here with you. How disarming. And it was the most amazing thing. But what I will say is the best piece of advice I can give you no matter what is what I learned from another one of my mentors, which is, whatever it is you're doing, kind of the don't deflate yourself beforehand, is plant your artillery on the moral high ground. Right? Like, it, it, as much as like you'll use the I need your help because ultimately we know it's actually about the patient. Right? Right. As long as you're yeah, calling absolutely. from a, a patient approach, yeah. and you plant your artillery there, like don't fall for the low ground. Like don't put it in a place where it can get taken out. Right? Put it on the moral high ground so that that is where you're coming from. When invariably you have that one that's just not going the way you need, it and you have to go up a level or wherever you may need to go. You know, you, you mentioned moral high ground, didn't? It? You've made me question if
1: my approach is the right approach. I mean, I I have a kind of a passive aggressive version of what you
2: do. (laughs) 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 If anyone knows me, it was no surprise. More passive aggressive than yeah. Who are (laughs) you? It is. It is. So it's they're yelling. I I often
1: put them on speakerphone and hit mute, right? Because if if the resident's going to get yelled at, I want to understand what's going on. If I'm going to get yelled at, somebody else needs to hear it too, mainly so that whenever I come back with whatever my terse reply is, there's some justification. Now, mind you, most of my lines are recorded. But when I can compose myself to be just snarky and, you know, passive aggressive enough, and they stop yelling, I stay silent. Yeah. Because eventually, they're going to talk again, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's. hey, are you still there? Oh, oh, yeah, hey. I was just wondering when you were going to come see the patient in the emergency department. That was really all I was waiting to hear from, your, from you. And I, I, twenty minutes? Okay, sounds good. You know, like it, it immediately breaks the ice. I mean, this is so the conversation changes completely. They can yell all they want, but if they have to say the next word again, then you better them that moment of reflection.
3: So, like the game, right? I mean, it's a very it's a, It's a, it's a it's all all the it's the same game. It's exactly it but, the comfort But and you know, when you playing a game, you're seeing whether you're going to like what the signs are winning. They are raising their voice, they are losing their cool is a sign that they are winning. So when they when they like lose their shit, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm ready right
1: for this. This. This, this, time, this. this is This is time.
2: They, been so uh,
1: this this let them finish. Let happened. them finish, and then you go. Okay, <laughs> I, I really need your help. though. <laughs> <laughs>
3: really. And eventually, they go.
1: So in our last couple minutes talking about this, I think that's that's where I oh. wanted the conversation to go. But there are things that we can do before the conversation ever happens to help prevent some of this. And and I think it's an important thing to remember and to talk about briefly. I mean, not just the nature of our job. We do shift work, usually in a remote part of the hospital where, I mean, it takes me 20 minutes to get to the PDR, right, and then I get yelled at. Why do you go to the PDR? Because I get yelled at if I take soda out of the EMS room. Yeah, but there's nothing (laughs) in the PDR. Well, that's true, but I got to (laughs) prove that myself. It's been ravaged. It's been ravaged. It's like the second coming. You know, it's it's easy for us it's easy for us to not engage, right? And I don't mean engage in a bad way, I mean engage as part of medical staff. Right? And one of the best pieces of advice I got by one of our attendees, John, back in the day that we were training, was to go to the PDR, to have lunch in the yes. PDR, to be on a committee yep. to get to know the people that you were going to be calling and to realize they have a first name. And they they have a life also,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean that was something that has really helped me a lot. I heard a really, a really incredible analogy recently. It's hard to sort of think of an interaction as comments on a YouTube channel. People can be really really mean if you know the person, right? So if just like you were saying, hey, oh man, it's this is it's Jeff. Oh it's oh great it's my OBGYN colleague. Oh we we just we just went on a bike ride or hey there's something else that we that, you know just happened. You have that initial connection. And then it sometimes makes some of these harder, harder questions a little bit easier, mm-hmm. or harder harder discussions a little easier, because we're able to say, hey, look, I'm going to love with you. Like, I'm not going to try to pull the blow over your yeah. ass, but I think that we really need to work together on this
1: collaboratively. It, it's so much harder to yell at somebody who you know personally Right, And you have a a frame of reference for beyond the person that is calling you and disrupting your surgery or your rounds or whatever it is you're doing. And I think that's such an important thing to remember. It's so easy for us to isolate ourselves in emergency medicine and to remember that we still need to get out in the medical
3: community because that's really how we can make maybe our biggest impact. Yeah, and the other thing is like, you know, we've had in our program recently that the, the general surgeon did actually have legitimate complaints and so... Said, all right, why don't you come and lecture the residents and let's hear the other side of the story, you know? And and that's another way of just breaking the ice and just now you know,
2: okay, now that's what you need, I can give you that. That's what I need, you know? Yeah. I an interaction that I witnessed which was delicious because it did not involve me having to do anything except enjoy the experience, but it was a room full of specialists and it was a general hospital meeting, and I was there, right? So that was important, right? We were, emergency medicine was present, and one of the things that came up was they had a, and I really, I actually like orthopedic surgeons, but this actually involves an orthopedic surgeon. They're gonna think I hate them. I really don't, I don't have any bones with them. So, um, it's humorous. Um, (laughs) so, 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 they actually, so there were some medicine folks there too. So what had happened was there was a inpatient that was being managed, and they had no medical issues. And somehow they got a urinalysis analysis that was done, probably something we ordered in the year that they didn't need. Anyway, so they got it, and they had, you know, there were there were some things showed up red on it, whatever it was. Right? I don't know if it was white blood cells or whatever it was, but whatever it was, there was red on it, and that is not a bone. And so they consulted. And then medicine was like, seriously, it was really funny because what then one group said to the other group was like, you know, I am actually a board-certified specialist and you wasted my time with that. And then the other people said, well, you know, we're also (laughs) board-certified specialists. And you know about all those people with arthritis that you consult us on, and I like watched it, and I was like with the popcorn, I was like. <laughs> to, I think I'm thinking of Michael Jackson. Medicine's got got them on the ropes. It's so good, right? And so what happened was, all of a sudden they just were like, oh, oh, you're right. We're specialists. We we actually we, we specialized, and we don't really know everything. And so sometimes we consult you just because we're mean or we're bad or we're lazy because that's it's being human but sometimes we just honestly gotta consult you because we don't know, don't know. what in the world yeah. we're doing and they like had that moment and then I like walked up I was like hi also boards are in <laughs> <An> emergencies <laughs> so you know how all your phones Tell all your patients to come consult me. Hi. Hi. (laughs) That's good. Like, let's not yell anymore at at your doctors. We're actually, we're your friends. We're friendly. We're nice. I really wish they could see the number of times that we didn't call them. We don't call them. Yeah. Right. Like, wouldn't it be great if like the phone would give you like a ratio? Like, hello, OB Consultant. Prior to speaking to Dr. Casey today, we'd like to notify you that he's dispositioned forty-seven people with vaginal bleeding, none of which were pregnant or had ectopic pregnancies for the next available emergency department attending <laughs> physician, who will tell you about the case they actually want your help with. Thank you. Like... <laughs> like. Hey, it's Drew, how are you doing? I've got somebody down here who's got a twisted ovary. It's really bad. You saw 47 patients? <laughs> yeah, it's been, I've been here for two hours. <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: I think that's a perfect place to leave the difficult conversation. I mean, here's my takeaway. Is be upfront with what you need. It's okay to ask for help. And then it might just be a game of endurance. Mm. Which yeah. is, you need to last longer than they do with whatever your out is. Yep. I understand, but I really need your help. Yeah. Those are the rules. Nice. I looked, those are the rules.